Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. In this uh, recent series of episodes of Business Wise, we are tackling the extensive subject of L. Ron Hubbard's Administrative Scale of Importances, or Admin Scale for short. And this is the second discussion on the subject, if you want to call it that, or third level or item of the scale, policy. Last week, we discussed policy versus counterpolicy, and I promised that this week we would go into how to deal with counterpolicy. Because I'm pretty sure after you listen to last week's episode, you might be regarding your business as a sea of counterpolicy and might be wondering what your next step is. So we're going to handle that right now. First of all, I realize today that I don't think we've ever taken up the definition of the word administration. And before we go any further with the admin scale, I should clear it up with you because folks miss on this one. They miss on it so badly that most don't even use the word. They use the word management instead, which is similar but not identical. And when you talk to many people using the word administration, they only think of paperwork or something, which is a part of it, but that's not all of it by any means. So this is a definition from Mr. Hubbard, and it's a bit lengthy, but very comprehensive. So administration, or the word we use, admin, which is a contraction, this is from Mr. Hubbard, quote, a contraction or shortening of the word administration. Admin is used as a noun to denote the actions involved in administering an organization. Their clerical and executive decisions, actions, and duties necessary to the running of an organization, such as originating and answering mail, typing, filing, dispatching, applying policy, and all those actions, large and small, which make up an organization. You will also see the word admin in connection with the three musts of a well-run organization. And just as a side note, we've covered these three musts before. They'll sound familiar if you're following our series, right? Back to what Mr. Robert says here. He says, it is said that its ethics, tech, and admin must be in, which means they must be properly done, orderly, and effective. So just as a bit of a recap, the technology is the know-how that you're applying to service your customers to provide the product you're giving your customers. If you're a camera company and your technology and how to make cameras is dated, expensive, not functioning very well, and you try to put admin in on that, you try to put administration there, you try to put order in there and management technology, it's not going to go anywhere, particularly because you're technology is out. The tech is out. But one of the reasons technology goes out is because ethics go out. Your research department, supposed to be coming up with the latest developments for your cameras, for instance, aren't paying attention. They're lazy. They're out getting smashed or not behaving themselves or not you know, studying diligently or applying what they know. They're not going to come up with new innovations for your cameras, are they? Their ethics are out. So it's ethics first, tech, and then admin. All right. Just a quick summary of that subject. So back to what Mr. Hubbard says here. 
The word, he's referring to the word administration, the word derives from minister, which means to serve. Administer means to manage, govern, to apply or direct the application of laws or discipline, to conduct or execute religious offices, dispense rights. It comes from the Latin administrare, to manage, carry out, accomplish, to attend, wait, serve. In modern English, when they use administration, they mean management, or running a government, or the group that is in charge of the organization or the state. This is one of Mr. Harper's definition of the word administration. So it's a pretty comprehensive subject. It has to do with all the wherewithal and know-how on running an organization. But now, listen to this. There's a couple more definitions I want to go over with you. This one is from Mr. Hubbard from the 17th of November, 1970. It's a lecture. He defines administration, contains the establishment of the communication lines and the flow lines and the information lines and so on so that you can get team operation. So administration is all about setting up the lines, the flows, so the group can work as a team. So if you're a hockey coach, you're administering the team when you structure it, when you establish who is in what position and what roles they play and what the plays are and so forth. You're administering that team. Do you see that? And then this final definition I'm going to give you, there's more, but I'm going to give you this one because it's going to rock your world. The subject of how to organize or establish or correct the spaces, terminals, flows, line duties, equipment, materiel, and so forth of a production group so as to establish optimum volume, quality, and viability. That's from 4 January 1971, article of that date. Now, I'm going to go over it with you very quickly one more time. I want you to listen carefully because I'm going to do a pop quiz here. He says it's the subject of how to organize or establish or correct the spaces, terminals, flows, line duties, equipment, material, and so forth of a production group so as to establish optimum volume, quality, and viability. Got that? All right. So here's your pop quiz. A person, one of your employees, is writing letters to customers or clients that have not been in in a while. So they're writing them letters. So there they are. They've got their computer, their printer. They're writing some beautiful letters, and they're sending them out there. Is that, by this definition, administration? By this final definition? You probably thought, well, yeah, but it isn't. Not per this definition. Listen to this the subject of how to organize or establish or correct. Are you establishing anything? Are you organizing anything? Are you correcting anything? No, she's writing a bunch of letters. And you tell her to write more letters. That would be more administration because now you're correcting. You say, well, you're not writing enough letters. Let's write some more letters. Now you're administering. But the action she's taking of writing or he's taking of writing those letters by this definition, is not administering. Very important to understand this distinction because if you think about it, 
There may be some quote-unquote administration going on in your business, but the question you want to ask yourself is, are you administering it? In other words, are you organizing it? Are you establishing it? Are you correcting it? The spaces, terminals, remember terminals are the givers and receipt points of communication. So if you're posting a receptionist, you're putting a terminal there. You're putting a salesman there, that's a terminal. You're putting somebody in charge of public relations. You now have a terminal responsible for public relations. They will receive communication about public relations. They will emanate communication about public relations. They are a terminal. Are you establishing one? Are you correcting one? Are you organizing up the place? Well, if you're not doing any of that, you're not really administering, are you? By that third definition. So I'll give it to you one more time. The subject of how to organize or establish or correct the spaces, terminals, flows, line duties, what is everybody supposed to be doing, equipment, material, and so forth of a production group. So as to establish optimum volume, quality, and viability. You decide you need a bigger printer, faster printer, color printer, cheaper printer, you know, that will print more economically so you can do more promotion. So you do the research on it, you purchase it, you situate it, you get it to work, you show people how to use it. You probably weren't thinking that that was administration. That is administration because it's equipment, it's material. You're setting it up. The reason I'm putting so much emphasis on this is because I want to give you an analogy. We've all probably known some people who just drive their car. They drive it and it gets filthy. It uh, doesn't get an oil change. It just decays. It's continually decaying. Now they're driving it. They drive it into the ground. But are they administering it? See? So you've all heard the adage, you know, are you working in your business or are you working on your business? Okay. That's not a bad description because... When you're working on your business, you're administering it. When you're working on your car, you're administering it. If you never administer your car, if you never administer your organization, don't get too shocked if it craps out on you on the side of the highway somewhere. Don't expect your business to survive a pandemic or a recession or whatever if you're never establishing, correcting, organizing the spaces, terminals, flows, line duties, equipment, material, and so forth, so as to attain optimum volume, quality, and viability. You're not doing that. You're not administering it. So an interesting question to ask yourself is, how much time in my week am I working? Am I working? How much time Uh, How many hours am I putting into my business every week? I'm putting in 80 hours. I'm putting in 60 hours, whatever it is. I doubt if it's 40. It's probably way more than that, all right? Then I want you to ask yourself, how much of that time are you actually administering your organization by this definition? And if you look at that, you might understand why your organization isn't really going anywhere as fast as you'd like it to, at least. You follow? Maybe that's why you're not attaining your goals as rapidly as you expected or why you're still stuck in the business after, you know, a decade or two. Okay, so that's the word administration or admin. Okay, so now we're talking about the administrative scale of importance as the admin scale. Now you get a better, clearer concept. It is a scale you are using to administer your organization. How do you like them apples? Okay, now I also want to clear up with you the word clearing 
especially since I use that word in the title of this episode, and um, you need to know what it means so you know what we're doing here. So uh, Mr. Harvard's definition, when it comes to individuals, it is, quote, a gradient process of finding places where attention is fixed and restoring the ability of the being to place and remove attention under his own determinism. That's an article from 28 February 1959. Uh, Have you ever noticed if you have a fight or an accident or something grim happens and you have a lot of attention still on it? Even after years, you maybe lost a loved one or something like that. I just heard a story this evening, as a matter of fact, about somebody who had lost a uh, their parents, you know, and eight years later in a car accident, eight years later, they were still pretty traumatized by it. Well, where's their attention? Is it in the present? Absolutely not. It's still stuck back there. What do you got to do? Clear it. And that's what clearing really is. And now they can put their attention there if they want to or not, because it's under their own self-determinism. So that's clearing when it comes to individuals. Now, when it comes to organizations, Mr. Hubbard defines it like this, quote, an operation whereby a badly cluttered communication channel may be swept clean. That's from his book, How to Live Though an Executive. Not a very easy book to come by these days, but it's, a, it's an extraordinary book. Get your hands on it. So when you're clearing an organization, you're decluttering the communication lines. And what is an organization but communication lines between terminals, correct? You know, the, you send out the promotion that's going on a communication line. When the promotion comes back in, it's on a communication line. And it's supposed to go to somebody, right? Here's a response from the promotion. Where are all the responses to the promotion? I don't know. You mean we're not getting any responses? I think we are. I saw some. Where are they? You know, I have no idea. Oh, you've got a cluttered communication line. You want to clear that line. Where is this darn stuff? And you start looking all over, and there you find it in the bottom drawer, the bottom drawer. There's all these responses from promotion. Don't think it doesn't happen. I have seen it more times than not. Perfectly valuable, valid responses. Phone messages not getting to the correct terminal. Cluttered lines. They need to be cleared. What clutters those lines? That's what we're going to talk about and how to, how to clear them. Well, what are you clearing? When you are de-aberrating a group, now we cleared up aberration in the last episode. Aberrated would be not in a straight line. So things are not going in a straight line. Things are not getting to the right terminal. The terminals are not doing the right things with it. You've got a chaotic situation where things are not flowing correctly. These are cluttered lines. What is cluttering them, what is aberrating them, is counter policy. It is randomly set policy. So if you're going to clear that group now, you need to engage in detecting and handling counter policy. So we go back to this article. It is the article where the admin scale is introduced, 6th of December, 1970. The section is called Clearing a Group. And Mr. Harvard says this, all authorized policy must be set or made available in master books and adequate, complete policy files. This makes it possible to compile hats and check sheets and issue packs. All right. So you got counter policy. You, uh, or maybe you've never set any policy. So you got the idea, look, we better start promoting, we better start marketing. So uh, you engage a marketing company and a whole bunch of promotion goes out, a whole bunch of marketing goes out, but no policy is established as to what to do with the responses. This was the example we took up earlier. So now, number one, 
the phone's not getting answered. It rings and rings and rings and rings and nobody's answering the phone or it goes to an answering service because that's what you've been using the whole time. You use an answering machine. Is that really what you want to do with your responses? To have a machine be the respondent? So you invested all these thousands of dollars and uh, you are now paying for a significant marketing campaign and each one of those reaches is worth how much money? And so let's just put um, a machine on to handle all those incredibly valuable reaches. Well, that's not working. We keep trying to find out who called the office and we, all we hear is clicks where people heard a machine and just hung up the phone. How many people listening like to talk to machines? Anybody? I know I don't. So, you know, okay, here I get to leave a message or I get to navigate my through, way through all these numbers that I'm supposed to click on. Oh, to heck with it, man. I, I was vaguely interested in this organization, but now the way they're handling their inflow, I'm not that interested. All right, that, that happens. Okay, so you go, wow, where are all these responses? You start doing your investigation. When you're doing your investigation, by the way, you're administering the organization. You're actually using your admin skill. You're looking at, okay, what policy is being used here to handle these calls? Oh, there's no policy, actually. People are just like shoving them in drawers or giving them to Nancy or uh, I don't know what to do with these. So here we have a whole absence of policy. So now counter policy is being established. Oh, we know what to do. We stick them in the drawer. We know what to do. We just, the policy is that the, uh, the machine answers all our calls in. So we don't have to. Much easier to put a machine there to handle the, the incoming phone calls. All right. So you're going, no, now that ain't going to work. So let's create policy. Now I'm the boss here. I'm the executive. I'm the goal finder. I am now going to create a policy that uh, we uh, use a very specific number for our, in our promotion, and we have a live person answer that phone. And then all those calls must be picked up on the third ring at the latest and then the responses are carefully written in this format and routed to the uh, assistant salesperson who then categorizes them and passes to the, the hottest leads to the salesman or whatever the, whatever your policy is. This is the policy. We're going to write this policy and we are going to do what? What are you going to do with the policy now? Stick it on a, on a desk? Hope that somebody reads it? No. It's got to be made available. So he says, all authorized policy must be set or made available in master books and adequate, complete policy files. You, you need a library of all the policies by which you are running or administering your group. They, they better be there. And once you got them, this, they says now, this makes it possible to compile hats. Well, what's a hat? Per Mr. Hubbard, hat? Quote, the duties of a post. It comes from the fact that jobs are often distinguished by a type of hat as fireman, policeman, conductor, etc. Hence the term hat. So that's what a hat is. So now the receptionist needs this hat or whoever's supposed to be responding to this promotion that's coming in. They better have a hat. This thing, this stuff needs to be written down. There's an old rule from Mr. Hubbard. If it isn't written, it isn't true. So you better issue those policies, you better have a reference library for them, and you better put them into hats. And optimally, those hats are put in a course format with a check sheet. A check sheet from a starboard is a list of materials, often divided into sections, that give the theory and practical steps which, when completed, give one a study completion. Yes, yes, you should study your hat. People should study their hat. They shouldn't just look it over, they should actually study it and make sure they fully understand it. 
So you, you don't give them that opportunity unless you write policy to begin with and then create these master books and policy files and then compile them, put them together into hats, check sheets, and then you issue these to the staff. This is your hat, honey. Here you go. Or bud, here's your hat. Make sure you read it. Go into the training center and study it. Okay? That's how you get policy in. That's how you knock out counter policy. That's how you clear a group. All right, he goes on. He says, uh, group surveys, of quote, this is more information on clearing a group. Group surveys of what policy are you operating on can reveal random policy. By the way, if you have a complexity on this, remember that survey just means a careful examination of something as a whole and in detail. So you can survey with your eyeballs. You can survey by asking questions. But you want to find out what policy are you operating on. So we're having a problem with inflow. Doesn't seem to be getting to the salesperson. Ask the receptionist, what policy are you operating on? She's probably going to go, what, what does policy mean? What are you talking about? What's policy? Like, I didn't break any, any laws. Then he goes on to say, all bugged, halted projects can be surveyed for illegal policy and cleaned up and gotten going again. Now you get it all sorted out. Okay, well, we never issued those policies. I thought they were such a great idea, but no one ever gave them to anybody. No one's ever studied them. Let's get that all done and we'll just clean this all up. And all of a sudden there's a nice flow to the salesperson and he's getting all these leads and uh, our statistics and sales are going up. He says other actions can be taken, all of which add up to one. Now, so he's going to give you seven points. Listen to them carefully. You can write them down. One, get existing policy used. Two, get areas without policy, crisply given policy from the authorized source. Three, debug all past projects of false policy. As you administer your organization, as you do your job as a manager or even as a goal finder, you are always on the alert for false policy. Anywhere there's a bug, anywhere there's no motion, you notice that there's a pile of undelivered service in your organization. You know, you're, you're selling packages of healthcare, for instance. You know, chiropractors often will sell a whole program and people aren't coming in for them. Well, who's supposed to be getting people in? It's supposed to be the uh, scheduler. I didn't know that. I'm supposed to call people and get them in? I thought I was just supposed to schedule them as they were going out. I thought I set that policy. I've never seen that policy. I have my own policy, which is when, you know, I'm done scheduling, I go over here and I help Sally Smith clean the kitchen. Yeah, I like to be busy. You know, I, I, I've done, there's no one to schedule. So I'm over here cleaning the kitchen, boss. I'm staying productive. Yeah, sure, you're staying productive. You're just not doing your hat. Well, what? no one told me that was part of my hat. You see where this starts to go. You got to set the policy and you got to make it available and you got to make sure people know it. Okay. They learned it and they know it. All right. Then he goes on. He says, four, deaborate group members as per the organization misunderstoods reference and other materials. Organization misunderstoods. We uh, went over that in an earlier episode. If you want to listen to that, it's episode eight. Volume three, the nine sources of organizational trouble. That episode covers what will happen if there are misunderstood words 
in the hats. They've got the hats okay, but they don't understand all the words in there. A dentist tells uh, his assistant to set up for a prophylaxis, and uh, the assistant thinks that, you know, talking about birth control or something, they've got a misunderstood word, and they're not going to be able to perform the function because they don't know what a prophylaxis is. Prophylaxis, of course, a dental cleaning procedure, right? Okay, going to the next point here, he says, Five, educate the group members concerning policy technology. Like, everybody should clearly understand what policy is and what it's for and what it accomplishes so that they have, uh, they start getting into a mindset where it's kind of like, hmm, I don't really know what to do. I wonder what the policy is. You see, then they started to think with policy technology, policy know-how. Let's see if there's a a policy on this before I go ahead and make something up or Maybe write something up to the boss and tell him we're missing policy over here. Get everybody in the know, in other words, on this subject of policy. I hope I can create upon you this effect that you dig policy, that it becomes this beautiful word that sort of represents a smooth running, wonderful, high spirited, high, you know, high morale group organization because policy is known and in and they use policy technology. Okay, number six, set up systems that detect, isolate, and report out policy and get it corrected and properly set, issued, and known. Uh, Lots of systems you can use for this, but one of the most important ones is just to statisize everything. If you're establishing good policy, statistics should be going up. If statistics are going down, that's a surefire indicator that policy is not being used or not being followed. And finally, number seven, monitor any new policy against statistics and include policy outnesses as part of all statistical evaluations. We establish a new policy. Let's see what happens to the statistics. They should go up, but if you establish a new policy and the statistics are going down, you know that that's a policy that needs to be rescinded or corrected or tweaked in some way. Maybe you've listened to some genius who tells you to do a Uh, reviews of everybody's job every three months or something like that, you know, and people will start, you know, working for their reviews instead of just simply working to get their statistics up, working to duplicate their their hats and do a better and better job as reflected in their uh, regular statistics and so on. So you have instituted a new policy. We're going to do these job reviews and we're going to use these performance reviews to determine whether anybody's any good or not. And people stop operating effectively on their post because all they're trying to do is get through a review or they're all freaked out about the review or whatever it is. You put in these reviews, you see the statistics go down, you go, why did we do these reviews anyway? I don't, what was that all about? Oh, yeah, we were listening to some guy and they said we should do these reviews. I'm not saying don't do reviews, by the way. You can do them if you want to, but it's not really part of the Harvard Management System. You should have... Uh, if you have these other systems in place, you know, such a thing as, uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to get into all of them, but certainly statistics is one of them. Reports are another. You can always encourage your employees to uh, write up outnesses and turn them into you if they see something weird going on. And you don't really need to, a review is almost like a substitute for just going around and looking at what's going on, isn't it, really, when you think about it. So, you might institute a policy like that, and it's not very constructive. Doesn't really improve anything. So let's let's flush that policy, and uh, let's stick with the policies that are raising statistics. You know, let's put in a bonus system, and oh, we put in a bonus system. Wow, look at the stats take off. Man, we should uh, you know see how we can strengthen that policy. 
So uh, this is how you use that level of your admin scale. Okay. Obviously, the policies have to align with the goals of the organization. They have to align with the purposes of the organization. They also have to align with the statistics and the lower points of the admin scale too, which we haven't gotten to yet. But this should wrap up policy for now. Okay. So next week, we'll tackle the next subject. Big subject also, plans. That'll be the next level of the admin scale. So we're done with policy for now. You're, it's going to come back, though, as we go through other levels of the uh, admin scale. You'll see that there's overlap, actually, between some of these levels. For instance, uh, in an article of the th- uh, 13th of March, 1965, Mr. Hubbard makes this interesting statement. He says, the basic policy of an activity must be the defining and recommending of a successful and desirable basic purpose. So there you go. You see an overlap there where one of your senior policies is a a clear statement of what the purpose of the organization is, or it could be what the the purpose of a position is or a post on the organizing board. But that gets enshrined and preserved in policy. So you'll see now the alignment and the interaction between these various different levels of the admin scale. You get good with this admin scale. You'll be picking up on the stuff just like that and know where things have to be added or taken away so that you are actually effectively administering your organization or business or group, okay? Because that's what it's there for. It's a tool for use to administer the organization, to make it better, to make it more viable, to get it expanding, All right, that's it for today's episode, a long one. I was thinking maybe of doing two more on uh, policy, but we got away with one long one. We're going to tackle plans next. Hope you learned something from this one. Thank you very much for listening, and we will talk again next week on plans.